turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm the aforementioned Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Show dedicated to getting you to saving a little bit here and a little bit there. I had to fill out paperwork for a 401k recently. I love stuff like that. I love looking at like a partners or a neighbors. I, I love looking at what people get offered. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love what's not offered. And I always sit there and I read all the options first because that's something I learned in test taking. Read the whole test once through, then start answering your questions. It means you're not going to turn your paper in first, but it means you're going to have a better idea of what's coming down the road. I like knowing what's coming down the road. Wall Street likes knowing what's coming down the road. We have a new president. Different things are going to come down the road. Different relationships with foreign countries are going to come down the road. Different profit scenarios with taxes are going to come down the road. And yet some things will stay the same. Oftentimes, I'll say this market has seen Nagasaki, Hiroshima. It's seen World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War. This market has seen everything. This market has seen inflation, deflation. It's seen oppressors. It's seen everything. This market has seen planes crash into buildings on U.S. soil. Before that, this market has seen domestic terrorism with Timothy McVeigh. Before that. This country has seen racial divide in the KKK. This market's seen everything, and it, it tends to go higher every single year. I feel guilty saying this show is about wealth creation. Really what this show is about is getting you to retirement so you can live from age 60 to 100 in your golden years, per se, as a great-grandparent, hopefully. I don't want to say grandchildren are a blessing because that's when I start sounding like obnoxiously obnoxious. But this show is really about getting your retirement and, and saying things out loud that make you scratch your head. I hate McDonald's. I hate it. It's greasy. It's disgusting. Some of it, like you could leave out for a year and it doesn't age. Like what is in that? And do uh, Kind of thing, right? Fresh bed's better than bread with super MSG and sugar in it. I don't know why I hate McDonald's. I just know that it's it sucks. I'd rather have a really nice chicken burger with bacon and jack cheese from a sports bar while watching international soccer than go to McDonald's. McDonald's is like, it's like a walk of shame. Like, I don't know what else to do with my time. I'm going to go to McDonald's. I'm clearly going to run out of gasoline, but before I do, I'm going to put a hamburger in my belly. Like, that's my choice on McDonald's for me. Again, food snob. Yes. Yes. Food snob. 
but I love McDonald's stock. And what I'm getting at is sometimes McDonald's has lived through world wars. McDonald's has gone through high oil and low oil. McDonald's has gone through, you know, fight backs against the keto diet and, you know, uh, jacuzzi of grease cooking fries. And there was one, I had one guest on once who owns restaurants in Saratoga. And he said the most amazing thing to me. And it was off air. I'm like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. We need to say this on air. And he goes, Rob, did you ever notice that if you go to like Jamaica? I'm like, yeah, okay, let's let's get in that. Let's go to Jamaica Mod. He goes, you go to McDonald's there and it's super expensive. And yet you go to a local market and you can get a fresh chicken, super cheap. And he goes, in the United States, it's the McDonald's that's super cheap and the fresh chicken that's super expensive. And it gets you wondering, and he goes, Rob, I'm going to blow your mind right now. He goes, why did you go try to make a large French fries that tastes as delicious as McDonald's and do it for $2, which is what they sell a large fries for? And I'm like, okay, I got one potato, two, uh, no, no grease, I can't do it. How are they able to make that amount, that quantity? And that's why I love McDonald's as an investment. It's magical. It's mysterious. It works in good times and bad times. I'm not telling you to go get it. I'm saying like Visa has the same claim to fame. What else has the same claim to fame? GE, well, that one didn't work out. They are not all going to work out. But you're looking for companies that have seen good times and bad times. McDonald's is going to report fourth quarter earnings next week, but the shares are ticking higher. Even as there's an argument that they're not going to do great on revenue. That they still have some challenges tied towards COVID-19. But that they are in an enviable post-COVID position. There's a chance, you know, I talked to my doctor last Friday when I got a physical. And he says, good job. You've improved health-wise since last time you came. And I was like, stoked. But enviable post-COVID positioning. There's a good chance I never, ever want to go into McDonald's before. I always thought they were disgusting in the first place. But now I'm like, drive through. If I have to, it's drive through or nothing. They got the drive through But they're also going to have the something inside the restaurant for people who want to go in. Fourth quarter earnings estimates have been coming up. Potential for sales at U.S. restaurants open at least a year to come in slightly higher than expected. Some good favorable moves in foreign exchange rates. The weaker dollars helping them. Same store sales appear to have gotten a boost in December from the national return of the McRib. So again, the stock market works in good economies and bad economies. It works in Republican and Democrat presidents. That's one of my stories of the day. But it also works in high end and low end. There's a capitalist net underneath us that sometimes you can't see. But it's there and you will catch it, in my opinion. Very few people get absolutely burned in these scenarios, but it could happen. You could have that kind of luck. With a Democrat in office versus a Republican, the S&P 500 has risen 10.4% a year when the Democrat occupies the White House versus an average 6.6% during years in which a Republican is a sitting president. I think that is incredibly skewed and messed up information because there's things like the 21st century. Who was involved in the dawn of the internet? Clinton. Did he know 
that the dot-com rage was going to start in the 1990s, that if you didn't have a dot-com, you were a dot-nothing, that you had to have email addresses, that by now every great website has been probably taken 10 times over. And if you come up with a great website like investinginstocks.com, just because investing is an action verb, it'll cost $4,000 to register for a year versus $400 or $40. Historically, stocks are your friend in good economies and bad economies. If a McDonald's could be around through oil wars and still be hitting all-time highs in its stock, that's probably a pretty good sign in my book. Is it something you should never, ever, ever, ever question? Of course not. You should question your holdings on a regular basis, twice a year, four times a year. What can you keep up with is a big question. Oh, boy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Yesterday, markets closed at all-time highs of the S&P 500, the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, and the NASDAQ. Today, stocks are finding a little bit less direction. The NASDAQ's a winner. The Dow and the S&P 500 are struggling between positive and negative territory. Stocks are drifting near records. Biden set sign more executive orders on COVID-19. I'm Rob Black. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. The gold. I believe you were crazy. You believe you loved me. Sounds like the story of my life. <laughs> it could be on my tombstone if I believed in tombstones. I believed you were crazy. You believed you loved me. It's the Rob Black story. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Bank of America ended 2020 with rising digital engagement despite squeezed margins. This is something that's happening in America. It's a displacement of jobs. I remember the day and age where I would go to Bank of America. Now I look at Bank of America on my phone, on my app. My digital engagement's higher. Ten years ago, I would go to an ATM machine and put in my card and go, how much money do I have, magical ATM machine? And it would tell me, or if I happened to be conscious at, you know, 11 in the morning, I went to the bank, I'd go in and ask a teller, how much money do I have? And now I'm just doing it on an app. That's pretty profitable if you're said Bank of America. Second largest bank by assets posted $20.1 billion in revenues, down 10% year over year. Interest rate cuts, tempered demand for consumer loans do not equal record revenues or earnings. Squeezed margins is what that equals when you get temper demand for loans, when you cut the volume, and interest rates are stopping you from banking a nice little profit because you can't offer anything on it. But growth in digital and mobile consumer banking is a story. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. We all are walking around life now looking down at our phones because our phones have our phone information. Our phones have our video games on it. Our phone has our um, sexy television, for lack of a better word. 
The growth in digital and mobile consumer banking users slowed from previous quarters. Digital banking just grew 3% year over year. Some people still want to go to a brick-and-mortar bank. I find that ludicrous. But then again, I find Bitcoin ludicrous. We all have something we just don't believe in. Mobile users grew 6% to 30.8 million versus 7% in the previous quarter. Mobile users grow 30.8 million. Okay. Digital sales accounted for 45% of consumer banking sales. Huh. 58% of total interactions with Bank of America's two and a half year old Erica virtual assistance took place in 2020. I don't, I feel weird with us naming digital assistants just a little bit. Goldman Sachs has got Marcus, Bank of America has got theirs. It's like, it's a little disconcerting when you log on to your Bank of America account and you say, hey, have a question for Erica. And you're like, who's Erica? I remember in the day and age being a 20 year old man and I wanted to date women. I didn't know where to find them. And one day I'd be at a bank depositing a paycheck. I'd be like, hi. Oh my gosh, you've got a great smile. Like now it's a virtual assistant, which maybe means I'm going to date my phone down the road, right? Wrong. Listen to this story and tell me you don't feel a little bit better today that you didn't win the lottery yet last night. A man from Newport. Now, Newport being Newport, England, like the original. He's offered the city council of Newport 25% stake of his 7,500 bitcoins if he's allowed to excavate a landfill. Why? Because he threw a hard drive away that had his fortune in it. He thought he had copied it. He was wrong. Now you're saying 7,500 bitcoins sitting in a landfill. Poor dude. He's going to offer a 25% cut. He can't excavate there. The city won't let him. The environmental impact without any guarantee of finding it or it still being in working order. But yet when we do landfills, we know like, oh, on March 17th, we're going to put it in square one row 17B. It's pretty well marked on how landfills get filled in. So he could figure out the time. He could figure out the location. He could start sorting through that trash. I know you're saying, what is 7,500 7, Bitcoins worth? It's worth nothing if you don't have the passcode in the hard drive. But if you do, it'd be worth $275 million. The dude threw away a hard drive with $275 million on it. So he's offering the city of Newport 25% cut if he finds it, which would total about $71 million. Citing a population for the greater Newport area of about 300,000. He's saying the city can give $240 to every single person if I find it. That's a stimulus plan. Unfortunately, the story takes a wild turn for the worse. They refuse the offer and won't even have a face-to-face discussion with the man. Now, I'm sure, ladies, 
some of you have accidentally washed earrings down the drain or even diamond engagement rings have been flushed only never to be recovered again. Pretty sad and pretty tragic. I get it. With that out there, how do you feel about not winning the lottery last night when you hear a story, a true story of a man who threw away a hard drive because he thought he had a backup? Which reminds me, I'm going to back up my PST file on my Outlook today because let's just say I deserve to after knocking on wood, laughing at a man who somehow, some way, some shape, some form threw away 200 plus million dollars in Bitcoins. Thank you. Thank you. Focus on the show. Focus on the show. That's a lot of money. Bitcoins and lost wallets have accounted for 20% of the existing 18.5 million Bitcoins. So the man's not alone in his misfortune. The story gets worse. Over $140 billion have been lost in Bitcoins. <laughs> Do you know who would lose their digital wallet? Me. Suddenly I feel better about being an American. It didn't take a new president. It took, I didn't lose millions and billions in Bitcoin. The S&P 500, the NASDAQ composite, the Russell 2000, the Dow Jones Industrial Average all closed at all-time highs on inauguration day in 1997. Guess what we closed at yesterday? All time highs. 14, 14, 24 years later. Woo. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Earlier this week, Netflix closed at new all-time highs after reporting fourth-quarter earnings yesterday. Google galloped 6% higher yesterday to close at an all-time high. Apple is going to be reporting their earnings coming up later this month, six days from now. What's interesting to note about Apple reporting is this is their 5G quarter. This is their Christmas quarter. This is their... You were stuck at home for a whole year. You probably bought yourself earphones, iPods, watches. How many activations do they have at Christmas time? How many subscriptions do they have? Time to tell the truth. Please stand up. January 27th for Apple. Facebook's been flying higher. Amazon ascended yesterday. Uh, they're going to report earnings on February 2nd. It's interesting to note that Biden's got a pretty good relationship with tech companies. Does that mean they have a environment where they can succeed for the next few years? Let's just say that one doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean they'll succeed, but that's that puts something positive in their yard. Biden almost immediately signed sweeping actions yesterday to combat climate change after taking the oath of office moving to rejoin the Paris Accord and imposing in a moratorium on oil leasing in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. 
Um, I don't get into the politics of Republicans and Democrats of executive orders. It's I feel like executive orders are a lot like Prop 13, a blessing and a curse. Uh, not my thing to even speculate or talk out loud about. But we are talking about Biden immediately doing sweeping actions to combat climate change. There will be billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars put into climate change technologies and investments over the next four years. In four years from now, when you haven't done anything and you're four years older, you're only going to have yourself to blame. You might remember that I've planted the seed in your head. Amazon is offering to help the Biden administration accelerate the distribution of COVID-19 vaccines, including its own employees. I just continue to whistle in the backyard and go, I wonder when I get to go. It's all about me, right? Am I vain or not? Yes. Pfizer and BioNTech present a research showing their COVID-19 vaccine is likely to protect against new variants of the coronavirus that emerged in the UK. But what we're seriously learning now is there's probably going to be a booster shot next year and the year after. A, there's money to exchange hands, and B, there's money to exchange hands, even if there's not a disease to exchange hands. Scientists have found that half the blood samples from a handful of patients who already had COVID-19 don't have the antibodies needed to protect against a South African variant. Booster shot. That's going to be the, the, the call to action there. I don't know if it's true or false. I don't know if the science is right or wrong. It's not for me to decide. It's for you, your relationship with your, your gods, whether they be scientific or religious in nature. But we're talking booster shots down the road. And I think we'll eventually eradicate or contain or disable or weaken. BlackRock is adding Bitcoin futures as an eligible investment into two funds. More money managers getting exposure to cryptocurrency means cryptocurrency gets more support in worst case scenarios. And it gets more support and momentum. That's a recipe for success for Bitcoin. Citigroup decided to cut bonuses for dozens of top executives after the bank was reprimanded by regulators last year. Payoneer. When I see the name, I see pay on near. Payoneer. An online payment specialist is in talks to go public through a merger with the Olympics Acquisition Corporation, a blank check firm. It's one of those SPACs that's coming public without the proper IPO vetting period and process. Payoneer reminds me of one of the very first tech products that I got back in the 90s that I was like, wow, this is magical. It was called Visioneer. And what Visioneer did was it was a little USB thing. I think it was USB. It might have been one of those crazy printer connectors. The 72 pin connector or something like that. I don't even remember what it was called. But there was a company called Visioneer, which made a piece of hardware that you could put a business card in, and it instantly made a digital business card on your phone, uh, on your computer. Or you could scan in, let's say, your divorce decree, and suddenly there was a digital PDF copy of it that you could send to friends and family. Yay, I got a divorce, see? I scanned it on my Visioneer, and it was kind of a weird little product. 
it was kind of it looked um for lack of a better example it kind of looked like a tube of christmas the tube from christmas wrapping paper or the tube from um paper towels it it was a circular tube and you put paper at the bottom end and it, it went scanned it into your computer and it came out the top of the tube and you're like magical and this was a publicly traded company. This was at a time when, get this, modems were at 14.4. And now you've got a thousand times faster than that in downloads. The computational jump in internet broadband speed in 30 years has been phenomenal. There was a company called US Robotics, ticker symbol USRX, that at this time I'd be like, a lot of people bought modems at Christmas. They jumped from the 14.4 to the 28.8 modem. You won't believe how much faster the internet is. And it wasn't that fast. It would take an hour to download one song versus instant streaming on right now. Instant streaming high definition TV on right now. It would take an hour to get content. But Visioneer was at that time. I would, I would report on Visioneer reporting earnings. I would report on U.S. Robotics reporting earnings. And then U.S. Robotics got into this crazy technology that split the signal so that 14.4 can go to 28.8 and 28.8 can go to 56.6. I don't even know what it was. But you used to have to plug a modem into your computer versus an Ethernet cord into it. It was like, whoa, what's going on? So anyway, Pioneer reminds me instantly that there's a lot of crappy names of companies out there. It's a little bit of pay on line. No, pay on near. Okay, I get it. You're an online payment company. Next month, get ready for space wars. China and the United States are scheduled to reach Mars. Ooh, manned? No, unmanned. Both will dispatch rovers to the frigid surface. Well, it'll be a decade or more before humans travel to the planet. We're a decade away from traveling to Mars. Wow. That, that, that's, I've missed that. I guess Elon Musk and Bezos have been talking about it or something like that. But, oh, we're getting close to 2030. When all those predictions happened in 2000, you're like, in the year 2030, man will step foot on Mars. And you're like, it's a long way off. Now we're 10 years from stepping on Mars? That'll happen in my lifetime. Kids, kids, I gotta go. You don't understand. It's a 50-50 chance I'll make it back. It's a 99.9% .9 chance you're not making it back. Countries are angling for the expertise needed to dominate the space race to Mars. Competition is heating up closer to home as space takes on greater economic and military importance. Thank God we have the Space Force. Not sure why, but we do. But if aliens invade, we're set, and or if ballistic missiles get shot up into space, I think we may have... Lightsabers have been invented in a real. I think about the next TV show for Disney+. Plus. It's going to be the life and time of Darth Vader. No, no. They're going to do a life and times of Darth Vader. What would get you excited about coming up this Christmas? The Darth Vader Chronicles. I know you're saying, no, 
yes, there's a comic book version of Darth Vader and how he went around and battled galactic beasts in between the time of being disfigured and time wasn't his father was his father and he wanted to repair the father-son bonds and take him to a baseball game that didn't exactly happen that way he cut off his kid's hand he can't play catch play catch with your kid if he doesn't have a hand but disney's got a darth vader series somewhere back there because they've hired a cartoon comic book writer to write a series on it we know kenobi's coming we know that they're gonna do a life in times of obi-wan they're doing a life in times of a mandalorian they're starting a boba fett series down the road, we will see a Chewbacca series, and we will see maybe a a teenage virgin uh, Princess Leia. Teenage, the virgin teenage diaries of Princess Leia on the CW network. So I, I bring that up because that's what how Wall Street works. China and the United States are racing to space. Apple Plus, Disney Plus are racing towards the next set of content that'll get your eyeballs. And there will be a Darth Vader series, and we will get stoked. We got stoked when we saw a digital recreation of Luke Skywalker at the end of The Mandalorian. If you didn't see the season, sorry, spoiler alert. It's all lost on you. <laughs> I'm going bitter talk radio host on you. Find me online at Rob Black Shoe. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Stocks rose to records again this morning, albeit not as strongly as yesterday. If you're looking for strength in the market, it is in shares of tech companies that are slated to report earnings in the coming days. I believe this is killing me. Markets closed record highs as President Joe Biden was sworn into office, ushering in hope that an improved vaccine rollout will ensure a smoother and faster reopening. My big question, looking back at COVID-19 rollout of vaccine, as we got the vaccines before the end of the year, why don't we put the military in charge of distributing it? I know people in Florida who are now driving to get it. I know people in New York who are now lying to get the COVID vaccine. All you got to do is say you're obese or you're a smoker and you're moving to the front of the line. That doesn't seem as effective as the military rolling it out. Our Army Corps of Engineers are amazing. We could have done a better rollout. Just my assumption, I know nothing close to the truth. The S&P 500 is is trading near 22.8 times forward earnings. We have a lot baked into some of these big tech companies that they are market weighted. Therefore, if Apple and Tesla don't report great earnings, the S&P 500 is going to have a problem staying where it is. And let's let's take Tesla out of it because they don't report great earnings. But yet they're a big part of the S&P 500. So we're seeing the S&P 500 getting more and more bloated as far as market valuation goes. Historically, though, if the S&P 500 traded at 15 times earnings, I'd be like, I'm buying that. 
because it gets down to 12. I'm like, I'm double buying that. It never gets below 12 times earnings. It got down to 10 times earnings and I triple bought it when it did. Now that it's at 20 times, which is far greater than 15 times the historical norm, I'm like, mm, I can make a case for it if I really value the tech companies that have having these mega Uber earnings. Because it's market-weighted index, I'm willing to forgive a little bit. But when you start getting into 23, 24, 25 times earnings, you're looking at a 10 to 15% correction. You're starting to get to that area where we need to let some steam out. Why? Because the broad equity benchmark is also 16% above its 200-day moving average. So not only are we moving further faster, but we're not coming back to the mean or the norm ever, never, ever. Not true, but we're twice the normal level of momentum than historically. I'm giving you every frigging fragging case to say, ooh, this market looks a little expensive. I was playing with some 401k allocations yesterday. I'm like, okay, S&P 500 to 22.8 times earnings. Do I want to favor an S&P 500 market? Or do I want to go neutral? Or do I want to go slight underweight? Very good questions. So we're in earnings season. And an analyst at Morgan Stanley, Katie Huberty, She's considered a top analyst, said she expects a record December quarter print for the tech giant. So that gives me a little bit of, oh, SP 500 can still linger a little higher, linger longer. US airlines are reporting earnings. They tend to report them a little bit earlier than the tech companies, the big tech. And then the small tech companies follow the big tech. I don't really know the pecking order. Never really wanted to think about it, but that's the basic idea of a financial start. Then we get into the airlines. Then we start getting into big tech and retail. And then we start getting into small tech and small retail. US airline, United, who I will never, ever, never, ever fly again unless it's like a prisoner exchange. Just don't like their service. I would rather put my dollars elsewhere. And again, that's wrong of me. I've had three bad flights maybe out of a hundred and all of them happened on United and I'm like, screw them. I'm never using that. That's wrong of me. I'm just being a jerk. It could have been a bad day for a stewardess. It could have been a bad day for me. I couldn't find my wallet. I couldn't find my keys. I'm running late. I got a short fuse. Then that huge person, huge, like 600 pound loser looks at it and goes, man, you're bigger than me. They take the middle seat or I'm in the middle seat between two 600 pound losers TV show, not my personal opinion. And then they open up like a sandwich and they start chomping on it. And I'm having a, and I'm like, I'm never flying United again. They'll let anyone on a plane. But United Airlines fell five and a half percent today after missing top and bottom line in revenues. And they said, we lost billions of dollars. And we're still losing $33 million a day. And that's not good. Just my opinion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's an analyst named Barry Sternlicht. He's on CNBC this morning. And he's saying something pretty interesting. He's seeing worrisome behavior. To him, 
what we're seeing in the stock market, trading at 22.8 times earnings on the S&P 500, Apple at an all-time high, Google at an all-time high, Netflix at an all-time high. He's saying, it reminds me of 1999, where you may not remember this, but 2000 was the poop show of all poop shows. As tech stocks ran up in the mid-90s, late-90s, and then 2000, 2002 was a disaster. And anyone who invested in 1999 lost money for the next three years. He's concerned about the long-term viability of current conditions. He feels very reminiscent that we're partying like it's 1999. He thinks we're having a problem in the stock market near term. He thinks the stimulus is too big. I don't know if he's right or wrong. I'm just telling you. As of Wednesday's close, the NASDAQ was up more than 100% since its low on March 23rd. If you bought when it was awful, you got 100% return. The S&P 500 is up 75%. He says, this is looking a lot like 1999. I'm Rob Black. Enjoy.